Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to CMO Moves. Today I have two incredible guests with me. In fact, we're we're not all in the same room. I'm here in San Francisco. Tony Rogers, who's the chief member officer of Sam's Club, is in Bentonville, Arkansas. And Kurt Kane, the president of the U.S. and chief commercial officer of Wendy's, is in Columbus, Ohio. So we are coming to you from around the U.S. And first of all, Tony, hi, and welcome back to CMO Moves. Hey, Dean. Good to hear your voice. Yes, likewise. Uh, my goodness. I looked it up. When we first recorded your podcast, it was February 18th, 2018, which is when we published it, and you were the chief marketing officer of Walmart at the time and have since moved over to Sam's Club. So, wow, how time flies. Yeah, how time flies. And I got to tell you, I got some proof that there's a lot of people that actually listen to these podcasts because my boss, uh, his son is in a marketing class in college, and the professor assigned the podcast that you and I did together as a homework assignment to the class. Yes, I know. And that's amazing. I, I, I cannot believe it. I remember you texted me that and I was like, what? And, <laughs> and, I, and then I think just a few months later, the professor of that class actually reached out to me and said, hey, we're going to be doing some reviews of CMO Moves. Do you have any personal favorites? And I thought, is this the same professor that you were talking about? And I think indeed it was. So it is a small world and glad to hear that you're in the classroom somewhere, which Kurt, you're going to be in a classroom somewhere here sometime soon too, I hope. So welcome to the show for the first time. No, well, thanks, Nadine. And uh, boy, set the bar high right out of the gate. I guess we need to step up our profile here to be able to help the future education of uh, marketers to come. So we'll try and deliver today. (laughs) I'm sure you will. And Kurt, I'm so excited that you wanted to come on the show. And what was really exciting was when Tony called me and he said, hey, I think I want to do CMO duos, but I want to do it with Kurt. And I had no idea you guys were friends, but it sounds like you guys go back 20 years. 
Yeah, Nadine. Well, first of all, I'm really excited to get to do this. It's always tough to live up to the standards of some of the people before you, but as a rookie, I'll try and do my best as we have this conversation today. But yeah, Tony's been talking to me into doing stuff for years. And so when he reached out about this and, and let me know it was an opportunity, there was no way I was going to say no, because uh, half the reason I'm even doing what I do for a living today or had have had a career that's followed a brand marketing path was um, because he talked me into doing a case competition back in school a thousand years ago. And even after that, he talked me into coming work with him and actually directly for him for a period of time as well. So we've stayed close through all that time, but it's always been a ton of fun. And every opportunity, Tony and I get to, to chit chat about the world of marketing and what's going on in that space. Just talk about life. It's always a great time. So really excited to be here today and to, to have the conversation together. Yeah, well, I'm excited, too. I can't wait to see where you and Tony will go. So with that, I am actually going to ask Tony, hey, Tony, why don't you jump in here and take over for me for a bit? All right. I like it. I like it. Kurt, so you have done such amazing things at Wendy's that it caused me to take my entire marketing team up, come visit you one day there in Columbus. Why don't you just talk a little bit about what your approach is up there with the Wendy's brand? Because a lot of us are watching it from afar and it's pretty dang impressive. Well, first of all, it's cool of you to say that. And uh, we have been having a lot of fun. I, I got to Wendy's just about five years ago, starting back in, in 2015. And and uh, one of the opportunities that came to the surface was that we had an opportunity to really start connecting with people through social media in a much bigger way than, than we had been. Wendy's is a cool brand. People love it. It's known for a lot of specific things, but always food quality has been at the heart of it. And also being really direct and behaving in a challenging way to the QSR category has also been at the heart of it all the way since Where's the Beef 30 years ago. So we had the opportunity to contemporize that and, and bring that story to life in some pretty unique and different ways using social media. And that unlocked a lot of how we brought the brand positioning to life, how we connected with people creatively. And overall, how we've been driving the business since that time. So it's, it's been a really fun journey and uh, we've gotten some nice recognition over it. But the best part is being able to see the business grow and um, to have our franchise owners and to, to be able to have our own company restaurants doing well and, and finding a place um, of some real business health and success. So it's been a great journey. It's been a lot of fun. And it's a really fun category to get to lead from the business in the U.S. to be able to see how we can keep driving growth. As I watch what you guys do, the word that comes to mind for me is courageous because it just feels like you guys have decided on a personality that you're going to have for that brand and you really stick to it. It's really impressive. Have you guys found like that's the key to getting all this earned media? Yeah. Well, well, I think for us, it comes back to storytelling. And I know you and I have both had an an experience with a a company called Character LLC and an individual Mm -hmm. named David Altschul. And we we went through some work with David and, and with his team to be able to really get to the heart of, of what good storytelling is all about. And if you have good storytelling, then you have the ability to get people's attention and, and to keep their interest. And so for us, it was all about embracing tension because any good story has tension at the center of it. And for our brand, while we're a big brand, we're not the biggest in our category and we compete with you know much larger brands than us. And so we had the opportunity to really keep that challenger mindset and focus in on what makes us unique, different and special. And by focusing on those things and really being overt about how we wanted to attack those differences, we've been able to have a lot of tension and conflict in the story that we have been telling. So it allows it to keep fresh and allows us to fuel it. And the more we do it, 
the more um, positive attention we get as a brand, the more the brand continues to grow. And so that's why we've really been able to build our confidence and keep that courage level high and being able to have those conversations. So that's been a big part of, of how we've been going about things. And it's been good to see the recognition and again, the business grow. But a lot of it has just come back to storytelling. And I know you're no stranger to that. You've been through that experience on a number of different brands. So what, what, what's your point of view on what really fuels a good story? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned David and character. They really do a great job helping you figure out the story of your brand or your product. You know, we're finding the same challenge here at Sam's in terms of trying to figure out what kind of story to tell. And the interesting thing about Sam's Club, especially coming from Walmart over to this side of the house, is if Sam's Club was a standalone company, it, it would rank in the top 60 of the Fortune 500. It's a huge brand. It's bigger than a lot of other iconic brands that are out there. But because it happens to be owned by the world's number one company, it's not always uh, as top of mind. And so uh, a big part of the job here for, for us is really starting to tell the unique story of Sam's Club in the context of Walmart, but not being completely overshadowed by, by Big Brother. I guess the other fun thing for me here has been that I've been surprised how different the club channel is from the super center channel. There's a real treasure hunt element to these membership clubs that just makes it a whole lot of fun. And the fact that it's a membership format and people pay money to shop at your store, you know, it really raises the bar for the level of service that you have to provide and the level of quality that you have to deliver. Yeah, well, I guess one thing I'd love to know more about is your CMO at Walmart. So you're standing over the world's largest retailer and all the marketing and communications for that and did a really cool job really digging into the history of Sam Walton and the company's purpose and the brand's purpose. And uh, now you've shifted over to, to Sam's Club as the chief member officer with a totally different consumer target and a totally different mindset around that. So is it as different as it seems to me from the outside or are there more similarities that bring them together? It's a great question. I think the, the big observation here is there's a dual dynamic of shopping at these wholesale clubs like Sam's Club, where the thing that makes you go there on a regular basis is the basic needs of life because you can just get such an incredible deal. But the magic of it is when you discover some of these other things along the way, maybe you came in for a bag of Cheetos but you left with uh, a barbecue grill or a gazebo for your backyard that you weren't even planning on. <clears throat> and when we talk to our members, you know, we hear those kinds of stories. And as a marketer, boy, that is just exciting fodder to, to go and tell that story. And I think social media, you know, I'm going to ask you about social media in a second, because in my, in my mind, you're the master of this. But, but social media, it really changes the way that you think about what to prioritize, because if everybody already knows that I have a grocery product at a great price, then maybe the more interesting thing to go talk about is the gazebo for your backyard. Maybe that ends up being more shareable and that ends up being the story that's a little bit more compelling. But it's a challenge because you probably see this too, <clears throat> just in the need to drive the business on a daily basis. It has a way of sending you back to the basics, in our case, the basic grocery items. So we're constantly having to remind ourselves, hang on. Take a step back here. We need to tell what we call the special side of the Sam's Club story. 
And I think that's the friction in, in our brand is the, this balance of the everyday needs of life balanced with these surprise and delight kind of treasure hunt items. But uh, you work in a much different environment than I do. I love all the TV commercials you guys do, and I see a ton of them on when I'm watching football especially. But to me, social media is a place where Wendy's has exploded onto the scene with this bold personality that um, I don't know if I've ever seen a brand, you know, go from zero to 60 on, on the personality storytelling front like, like you have. How, how did you do that so fast? Yeah, well, you know, it's fun. And, and I think working in the, the quick serve restaurant business is, is really interesting because it's very media driven. And, you know, being able to connect with people can drive your business literally, you know, within a day or two where you can see massive change um, in trends and, and overall results. And so for, for us, we do spend a lot of money in traditional media. We work really hard on all of our, our typical broadcast communications and, and the advertising and the creative that goes there. But the real power of social media is the immediacy and the fact that you can connect with people instantaneously and most importantly, have a conversation. So for us, it was all about leveling the playing field. We're not going to spend as much as our competitors, even though we've got some really healthy media budgets. And so we can't outshout anybody. So we need to out talk and, and out communicate them in the way that we connect with people. And I just think we found real conviction around it. Just being able to connect with people and build your confidence where you really do find your brand tone in a way that feels authentic and feels real. Once you find your confidence in that, then you want to do it more and, and more often. I feel like you were one of the first brands to to really start to become a person on Twitter. You know, like there, I saw a thing where there was a Wendy's next to a Burger King and they were inviting each other to prom or something like um, it just seems like the. Even it's a company, yeah, but it seems like on Twitter it actually feels like a person. Yeah, well, I think you know, p- part of that is you know you look at the the brand history, and and our brand is is very personal in its founding. People think back to Dave Thomas, who founded Wendy's um, actually fifty years ago this year. But not only did he found the restaurant, but he did something that was really unique and different. And uh, you know, people think of Dave as a restaurant operator, uh, but he was really just a master in brand building and, and marketing as well. And, you know, he didn't name the restaurant after himself, like a lot of people at open restaurants. He actually named it after, you know, one of his children. And in this case, naming it after Wendy was a sign of what he was really trying to reinforce was Wendy's food is so good that he was comfortable serving it to his family each and every day. And so that aspect of quality as our recipe was really born in a very personal way. So when we go out and talk, you don't see us try and bring Wendy to life in an artificial way. But what people really do think of with our brand is Wendy as a character and Wendy as somebody to have a conversation with. And what has been really cool is, you know, people talk to us about hamburgers and they talk to us about chicken sandwiches and all of those things. But they also ask us to help them with their math homework on social media. So we do. You know, they ask us what movie they should go see that night and we tell them. And they they act on it. And we have real conversations about all kinds of stuff. And so people really are engaging with us in in very real and human ways. And then we might go out on social media and have something that we're trying to do for the business specifically. But we're overt about the the what and the why we're doing that. I mean, it might be a new chicken sandwich. It might be something different that we want to tell them that we have. But we've earned the right to have that conversation with them because we've had all the other conversations. And I think that's really been the, the breakthrough for us. And in many ways, you know, we were having a conversation with our agency partners. And I think what's really interesting is in the world of social media, we've moved from just being a restaurant company 
to actually becoming a social media influencer. And that is a big trip to make. And we've been able to make it very quickly because the people following us and engaging with us as both customers in the restaurant and fans of our brand in the world of social media have allowed us to do that by continuing to engage with us and allow us to have those conversations. And so, you know, we're now able to help determine what the next successful movie is going to be because we gave it credibility. And it's because we just talk with people as real human beings and our team is managed by real human beings. The people engaging on social media are real human beings. So that connection and and dropping the veneer and just getting into a real conversation with people about the stuff they're interested in. I think that's why we've been able to see that kind of acceleration of the brand's visibility and presence as fast as you have. That last point you made, it really comes through like uh, some of the individual tweets. At the end, you'll say something like asking for a friend. It feels like if this was a person, like I think I would really like this person. Yeah, well, that's, I think that that's the goal. And we don't always get it right. We've worked hard at our brand tone so that it's likable but challenging and at the same time and that we're able to, to push on people. And you know, we created a holiday a few years ago. We called it the National Roast Day. It's very early in the year. And so now people actively reach out to us and ask us to roast them in some way, shape, or form. Other brands reach out to us um, and ask us to make fun of them. And so it's it's a really interesting thing where, again, we've got an edge. Um, we talk about ourselves as being sassy is the way we talk about our brand tone. But that sassiness allows us to have a lot of fun along the way. And I think that's what people respond well to. And it's it's not mean-spirited. It's not just to, to cut down other people or other brands or, or other things that are out there. That's, that's never when we're in a good space. But whenever we really are sassy and have a little bit of fun, people really respond well to it. And it's just like friends hanging out with each other. I think that's what allows us to be able to keep the conversation real because it is real. You and I both have changed jobs recently or changed titles at least. And I think a lot of marketers would be interested to hear the journey that you're on because now your title is president. You transcended the CMO job. So what's going on there? Well, I appreciate you asking. And it it happened uh, early this summer. So beginning of June, I moved from the chief marketing officer role into overseeing the the total U.S. business. And the biggest piece that came along with that was overseeing restaurant operations in addition to the work that was going on in the world of digital and culinary and marketing and, and all those things. And for me, what's been so cool about it is how quick the company has been and our our teams have been to embrace how we can really bring all the functional areas together better. Because when you work in restaurants, you work in retail like you do, it really all has to come together. And for us, you know, we can advertise a lot, we can talk about a lot of things, but nothing is real until it becomes real in the restaurant. And so being able to bring together the brand promise and being able to have our marketing team very directly connected with our operations team so that there's really no barrier between those two groups or or typical functional barriers that can sometimes exist over time to see those barriers melt away and have those teams working directly together around the big things that we're trying to accomplish is really unique. You know, our brand teams are directly accountable for working directly with our ops teams to be able to make sure that we can do things and with our supply chain partners and being able to make sure that we can supply these things. With the scale that we operate at, sometimes it takes two years of planning to be able to get ready to be able to launch a particular item at any point in time. So we've got to be on top of all of it. So for me, it was, it was, it was an exciting move to be able to make, mostly because it gave me the opportunity to be able to work in a much more cohesive way across the business 
and uh, to be able to help break down some barriers. So it's uh, it's been fun and exciting, and hopefully we see some accelerated results because of uh, being able to have people work together a little bit more fluidly. Yeah, you know, it seems like every challenge now is cross-functional. You know, it seems like back in the day, you were just in your silo. You were just doing marketing, and your job was to go make a TV commercial or a print ad or something. You could sort of control your own destiny, but it seems like today... Almost everything that we work on somehow is connected cross-functionally to multiple parts of the operation. Yeah, well, you've got a particularly unique background when I think of the different career experiences you've had from traditional packaged goods, um, from being in you know, a DSD snack food business. Um, you worked in computers for a period of time. You've been at Walmart, now at Sam's Club. I mean, how, how do you see those things coming together in terms of experiences to be able to get you set up for the success of your business today? That's a great question. We, we just had a, a whole conversation internally about the, the power of the generalist and the need for somebody to be agile and have the ability to at least be you know, conversant across different functions. Because if you come up only through one silo and you only know that silo, it becomes really difficult to apply your skill set and solve the, the company initiative. You know, the, the meeting I was in just today, we, we were talking about how we need to get even tighter and connecting the, the sales information we have to the customer service information that we have. And um, part of that is a marketing discussion. Part of that's a tech discussion. And part of that's a customer service discussion. And you need people that can have some empathy and some sympathy for each other's jobs so that you can solve these problems. It's more challenging, but I also think it's more interesting yeah, well, when you look at that, I mean, you look at that journey, I'm guessing you've picked up some pretty interesting mentors along the way. Um, anybody in particular stand out for you that, that helped you get ready for, for the role that you're in now or for being able to help, help coach your own teams? It's interesting. I tell people this all the time that, that I tend to follow people more than I follow companies and had the, the great opportunity to work for Stephen Quinn, who you worked for at Frito-Lay for many years. And I think I worked for Steven for, shoot, 2000. I mean, I, I worked for Steven for 15 years, I guess. And, you know, just what an amazing mentor to have. And But you have different mentors for different parts. You know, like um, you used the word purpose earlier. My mentor in the world of purpose has been a guy named Roy Spence down at GSDNM. And he taught me the world of purpose on a tortilla chip brand of all places. And then we, we got to apply that to an even bigger stage at Walmart. But, you know, he's been my, my Sherpa in the world of purpose. And then the guys I work for now, John Ferner, I got a chance to work for John when I was in China. I think what John uh, has taught me is the power of being able to be a great functional leader in the workplace, but also truly showing that empathy and sympathy for the people you work with. I think what people feel like with him is that he cares about you as a person and not just as one of his workers. And so you just want to run through a wall for a guy like that. And so that, you know, he's taught me that. My direct supervisor here is a guy named Jamie Iannone and Janie runs all of our tech operation. And so marketing, reporting into technology, that's a whole different way to do it. And uh, I just sort of sit at his feet all the time, just learning what I can about technology and just trying to soak in as much as I can. So yeah, you have different mentors that, help you complete the puzzle. I'm sure you found the same thing in your career. Um, you know, for me, there's, there's probably three that, that really do stand out. 
the first one was actually my first brand manager when I first started out at, at Procter & Gamble a long time ago. And uh, his name's Sean Connolly. And I only got to work for him for a short period of time. I actually was a, a summer intern working for him and then I went back to work for him full time. But just one example that stands out makes me want to always live up to the kind of leader he was for me. And it was actually when I was a summer intern, I was working on a project and it doesn't even matter what it was. Um, but he came by my cubicle one day and, and he said, look, you know, I've, I've taken a look at the work that you've been doing and it's really good work. Um, it's really good. And I really appreciate you doing it. But if you have some time for me, if you have just 30 minutes, I'd love to sit down with you and talk about how a great marketer might approach it a little bit differently. Do you have time for me, Kurt? So just think about that for a moment in the context of here's a person running a business. He had a million things going on. And uh, summer intern Kurt definitely had a free 30 minutes to go get some knowledge. <laughs> so, you know, I've, I've never forgotten that. And I share that story a fair amount because Sean went on to, to big, big things and, uh, and has had a tremendous career um, and everybody could see it coming a thousand miles away. But it was always because he was willing to be able to teach and coach and, and invest in people um, no matter what level they were. And so that was one really important lesson to learn early on. You know, second one, I worked for Scott Bergeron for a long time at, uh, at Yum Brands and at Pizza Hut specifically. And here, here was somebody that had a world of experience um, by the time I showed up. But again, another person that was willing to invest in me and share lessons. And one of the biggest lessons he just taught me was it, it's all about delivering the number. You know, build the brand, communicate in the right way, but you've got to be relentless about delivering the number. And it's never too late to be able to deliver the plan. You know, you can make moves, you can make changes. Don't be so wed to a plan if it's not working that you can't change it. Be flexible, but be relentless. And that really stood out for me. And then currently, you know, here at the Wendy's company, our CEO is, uh, is a person named Todd Penagor, and uh, he's been in the CEO role for a few years. Um, and he came up through the more traditional finance path before he was here, but he also led the snacks business for Kellogg. But to me, what he's really good at doing um, is believing in his teams. He challenges up front, but really then does turn people loose and, and then allows them to, to be accountable for making the decisions. And a phrase I've heard a long time ago, and I believe in it a lot, is, you know, sometimes the joy of the job comes down to the joy of, of being able to, to make the decision and then live through the results, good or bad, and deal with it. And he's always supportive. He's given us a ton of room in the places like social media to be able to embrace some challenging positions and to be able to embrace conflict. Um, but he always does it with a great degree of calm. And that allows everybody else to be able to go chase what they need to deliver a, a big result. So it's amazing. And I think it's powerful when you look at people like that, that you get to encounter doing what we do and through a career, the impact that they can have on, on you personally and then on your leadership legacy overall. You know, I love that analogy of what makes you love a job is the ability to make decisions and be responsible for the outcomes. And I would totally agree with that. I can tell you after working at a place as big as Walmart with so many zeros after the number, the real thrill of the job comes uh, not necessarily from the size of the, of the business, but actually the impact that you could personally have. I think it's a great way to look at it. Yeah, well, it's, it, I, I think it's true. Sorry to jump in, guys, but speaking of impact, wow, we are already at the end of our time, but I can't let you go so fast. I have to ask you both a quick question before we wrap up. Actually, I have two questions for you, Kurt, and I have one question for you, Tony, but I also have something to share with you 
that when I had you on CMO Moves in February of last year, when you were CMO of Walmart, you talked about Roy Spence then, and you talked about him in such a way I had to meet him. (laughs) I had to. I mean, I literally got done with your recording, and I said, please, can you introduce me? I must meet this man. And I will forever be changed because he's the kind of guy that when you meet him, he just rocks your world. He's so honest and so meaningful, and he's become a really good friend. And so, Kurt, you said you wanted to meet him one day. He'll actually be joining us at Brand Week as a favor uh, to come and conduct a CMO workshop around personal purpose and business purpose. And so I have to thank you for that, Tony. I love that. Yes, I can't wait to be just sitting in a room with him and soaking up all his sunshine. So before I get to my question for you, Tony, I have one quick thing for you, Kurt. Um, You had mentioned that when we were chatting last week, you said it's interesting because our competitors aren't always who people think they are. And especially with the rapidly changing consumer landscape and, and all the new technologies and mobile online delivery, online ordering, and instant gratification everywhere. Who is your competitor uh, at Wendy's? Yeah, well, for us, our biggest competitor is actually not McDonald's or Burger King or you know, some of the other players that are out there. Our, our biggest competitor is food at home, the kinds of experiences people create for themselves it's evolving quickly now is convenience. So QSR used to be locked in um, to a specific restaurant environment, but now with delivery and the advent of that, it's changing the game significantly. So for us, it really is almost every restaurant type or every type of food source has become um, a very real and meaningful competitor. The good news side for us is we're becoming competitors with a lot of other people that didn't used to think of us as a competitor. So there's a significant amount of business to go get. Awesome. Okay, so we'll have to do a round two with you and dig into that. Maybe next time you can interview Tony or you could interview Roy Spence because you guys want to get to know each other. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It would be fun. Okay, so the question I have for both of you is around your personal, let's, let's talk Roy Spence language, your personal purpose or your personal passion. Outside of work, what is it that truly inspires you or what are the things that you truly want to make a difference in? Tony, why don't you go first? All right, I'll go first. Um, So I tell this story sometimes when I'm doing mentor circles and things like that. And this is going to sound a little bit morbid, but just stay with me. In 2005, uh, I lost my dad to pancreatic cancer. And I was working at Frito-Lay at the time, and they were just amazing at helping me through that time. Got a guy I worked for named Mark Mose. Uh, but I had this experience where I went to my dad's funeral, and I couldn't believe how crowded it was. And we're just in this little chapel at this funeral home in Dallas. And, I mean, it was standing room only people outside couldn't even, there wasn't even enough space to hold everybody. And uh, I just saw these people that I hadn't seen in years who showed up to pay tribute to my dad and the the things that they would say and the the memories that they had of, of interacting with him. And the thing I've realized was, you know, nobody told me, Hey, the thing I remember about your dad is when we made our financial plan that one year. Um, you know, it never was that it was, 
here's the thing I remember about your dad when, when he helped me out of this crisis I was in, or when he provided this contact and allowed me to uh, get this job or, you know, things like that. And, um, and I just remember walking away from that experience, just feeling like, man, I, I hope a, a lot of, a lot of people show up to my funeral whenever it happens. And, and so it's a long way of saying for me, the organizing principle is, um, is not actually the job or the career. It's the career as a means to an end, uh, as a way to provide a better life for my family and to make a positive impact in the lives of all the people that we touch. You know, Kurt and I talk all the time about how small the, the marketing world is. It is really small, but you just find yourself crossing paths with similar people all the time. And if my legacy can be that I've helped some of those people along the way, then I'll count that as a success. Wow. Okay. So that's amazing, Tony. And uh, probably the reason I like you so darn much. Um, <laughs> Kurt, how about you? Yeah. Well, um, well I, I love that Tony's talking about legacy and, and, and what that's all about. You know, for, for me, it just, it boils down to the biggest driver of what I do every day and the way I try and approach things is, is to be able to help people open doors and be able to have new opportunities to have a, a bigger, broader experience, um, you know, in their lives. And for me, I've had a lot of fortunate opportunities come my way, um, but as a, a board member, for example, on the Dave Thomas Foundation for Adoption, that whole organization exists to be able to help um, open doors by helping you know find kids forever families that may be languishing in, in the foster care um, system. And so that's one example of, of how I'm able to tie my personal purpose with what we do every day at work here at the Wendy's company. Um, but you know, I think it's all about being able to you know build stronger brands create opportunities for people to be able to grow themselves and their careers, no matter what role or job they may be in today. How do you help them develop and grow so that they can take on the next big opportunity or the next big challenge? And it even goes back to, you know, giving back all the way at colleges and schools. And I know Tony and I both go back to the University of Texas a fair amount to be able to get involved with, with their, uh, their, their business school and other forums like that. Um, it's all about being able to give people a path so that they can go out and achieve everything that they're possible of achieving. So that for me is what it's really all about. So I love that. And I sincerely appreciate that. It is a, a really, really common theme on CMO moves for CBOs to always want to give back and to help others grow. And so I couldn't be more grateful to be in this field with both of you. And I thank you both so much for joining me on CMO moves today. Oh, well, thanks for having us. It was an absolute blast. And Tony, it was good chatting with you. Good chatting with you too, brother. And uh, Nadine, keep doing what you're doing. This is a really great thing for the industry. We appreciate you. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I will do my best. And um, let, let's definitely keep it going and check in again next year. How about that? Right Sounds on. Good. All right. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, I would love your help in sharing CMO Moves with one of your friends or colleagues who you think might enjoy it too. And if you have time, I would really love your review or ratings on Apple or SoundCloud. So thanks again and have a great day. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. 
Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.